The industry has responded and the results are in. 84% of producers and importers of record representing 93% of the participating volume voted in favor of continuing the U.S. Highbush Blueberry Council. How do these results compare to previous referendums and what does this support represent going forward from here? I think it's our job under this leadership team and direction that the focus is on unity, the focus is on the growers, and the focus is on a very strong leadership. Today, I sit down with USHBC Chair Shelley Hartman to unpack the results of this year's referendum and discuss what this means for unlocking the exciting possibilities ahead for our blueberry industry. This copyrighted podcast is presented by the U.S. Highbush Blueberry Council. The opinions and views shared by those of non-paid guests on the business of blueberries are those of our guests and do not represent the views, positions, or policies of the USHBC. The blueberry industry is like no other, passionate, resilient, and innovative. This podcast is your source for the latest information on the management, markets, research, and technology related to blueberry production. This is the business of blueberries. Here's your host, president of the U.S. Highbush Blueberry Council, Casey Cronquist. Welcome back to another episode of the Business of Blueberries, the only podcast dedicated exclusively to the blueberry industry. Last week, the USDA's Agricultural Marketing Services announced that a majority of producers and importers of record voted in favor of continuing the U.S. Highbush Blueberry Council. On today's episode, we're going to give you a few more details beyond those results and talk about what this means for blueberries in the years to come. Joining me on today's show is the owner of True Blue Farms in Michigan and the chair of the USHBC, Shelly Hartman. Shelly, welcome back to the Business of Blueberries. Good morning and thank you for having me back. I'm excited. I am too. It is a great feeling to be on this side of that uh, kind of milestone, monumental moment for our industry. And I just thought we'd jump in here in our cadence of, of episodes and and have you join us to talk a little bit about what these results mean. Um, but before we do, you've had quite a year. So I wanted to take this moment to certainly acknowledge some of your recent accomplishments, not only as chair of the USHBC, becoming chair earlier this year, but manufacturing of the year, also inducted into the Michigan Farmers Hall of Fame. So you've been on quite a winning streak. So congratulations on all of your success. Well, thank you. Yes. How exciting. You know, the Manufacturer of the Year was a great accomplishment that was awarded to us by the South Haven Chamber of Commerce. It meant a lot to not just Dennis and I, but also to our team here at True Blue to get acknowledged for all the efforts and all of the things that we've been able to help through the community. And then prior to that, we were inducted into the Michigan Farmers Hall of Fame, which was a wonderful opportunity. So many great people before Dennis and I and it's a lifetime accomplishment. So being the age I am, which I'm not going to say, <laughs> uh, we were grateful for that. So it was really fun. Well, recognition on your leadership all over, everywhere, and certainly something that uh, we're excited to have on our team here at the USHBC and your leadership as chair. And speaking of winning, we're going to be sharing the great news today about the continuation of USHBC. But before we get into that topic at hand, let, let's just talk a little bit about your background for anyone who didn't hear your episode back on episode 58. So if you could just kind of give us a little bit of, of your history in the blueberry business. Absolutely. So 
you know, Dennis and I started True Blue Farms in the late 80s, and we started out with 10 acres. And keep in mind, Dennis is the third generation blueberry farmer, but he decided to go out on his own. He had a full-time job in the tree fruit business, and I was a full-time hairdresser and owned a beauty salon in South Haven. And uh, Dennis got into his role of being the third generation. His grandparents moved from Chicago here with their 12 children in 1944 and had bought a 56-acre blueberry farm in Lakota, Michigan. I've been involved with the USHBC for the past 10 years, serving as either the producer member for representing the Midwest region or as the alternate position. So in that time, I've learned quite a bit. I'm also on a bank board for the Van Buren County Durgis Bank. I also am a retired backup Elvis impersonator singer, which I loved. And also, I have an inspiring story in the Chicken Soup for the Entrepreneur Soul. Well, it is great to have gotten to know you, obviously, in your various leadership roles here at USHBC. But, you know, over the years, before you got engaged and involved in a leadership position on the USHBC board, you'd had been through referendums before. Uh, you know, this first time of me having gone through this process with USHBC, it was you know interesting for me to see the information. So I thought we'd take the opportunity to go through some of the data that was shared to us by USDA that was beyond the initial results release that we saw them send out. And of course, we sent out a release on top of that. But uh, the idea here is just, I think, transparency that, you know, there is some more information for us to share, certainly that I think this podcast and this episode will help to unpack. But to share with anyone interested who may be curious about, you know, how the referendum works and what the results were and some of the details that we found in the summary that USDA sent later. But first and foremost, I think it's important to clarify that all of the work of the referendum in terms of sending out the ballots, receiving the ballots, counting the ballots is administrated directly by USDA and the AMS or the Ag Marketing Services there at USDA. They mail them out and validate the ballots, and they're the ones that announce the results. And so we were all kind of waiting for that email from USDA to tell us what those results were. So I just thought, Shelly, we could spend a little time, you know, unpacking some of this information that we have. Yes, yes. I think it's a great idea. Go for it. So first and foremost, we sent out over 1,500 ballots, 1,514 to be exact. Those were all the ones that were qualified from the 2020 market year and those assessments paid by domestic growers and importers. So I get that question, Shelly, about you know what was the vote between these two? That's one of the frequently asked questions, but we don't get to see that. Once we give the information over to USDA on to you know, who's paid assessments, they send out those ballots to both sides. They don't report a split of the vote or the count of the vote from either by state or between domestic growers and importers of records. But 421 of those ballots were returned. Five of them were found to be invalid. Not sure why, but therefore, basically 416 were counted. Now that 416 is the third largest number of ballots returned in any previous referendum. But you'd have to kind of take out the first referendum, Shelley, which you know had 566 ballots returned, which is the first one, right? So the very first referendums, you know, kind of the most energy put together for whether or not one of these organizations even come into existence. So if you take that one out, this was the second largest participating referendum. So I don't know if you have any thoughts on that in terms of the participation rate on the number of ballots. 
Well, you know, I think that there's an opportunity for us to, you know, kind of maybe go back and work with the USDA to kind of go over some of the information that they have. I think that, you know, a lot of people are retiring out of farming and, you know, those numbers may be trending down anyway. So I felt that the 421 return ballots were amazing. It would have been interesting to know what was the breakdown between the actual ballot getting mailed back to them and the online voting. Maybe later they'll be able to share that with us. And I think that for all the work and the ground we covered, that that was a great number, the 421 return ballots. Well, I'm glad you asked that question because that is information I have now that we didn't have before about the online versus the paper ballots. And, you know, I know that, you know, this was a bit of a a different approach this year with USDA sending out FedEx ballots and then the expectation that you'd send a FedEx ballot back. But in fact, 240 ballots, paper ballots were sent back versus 177 online ballots cast. The other part, I think, that is new news that we haven't shared or that wasn't shared in the initial referendum announcement and press release is that over a half a billion pounds participate in the referendum, which is really remarkable because that's over two times the previous largest participation of pounds in any other referendum, which was 230 million. So again, Shelley, credit to the leadership and you know your focus on the get out the vote, because to go to that level of participation in the pounds represented is really remarkable. Yeah, it blew me away. When I saw that, I thought to myself, well, you know, our industry is growing, but the support of that many pounds, you know, behind the referendum was really exciting. And I think that we've now set a pretty high goal for ourselves for the future. So (laughs) we'll have our work cut out for us in five years. Yeah, we will. And that's something that Adam said as well. Uh, Adam is our controller. You know, we've set the bar really high with this last passing vote by 84%, which is 10 points higher than 2016's referendum, which was 74%. And then, of course, to see that 93% of those participating pounds, that's 13 points higher than the previous referendum at 80%. So it, it was just, it was better than I certainly expected. I'm curious your reaction on that as well. Well, I was positive about the whole thing all along because that's just how I roll. I'm always positive about things. So um, I had no doubt about it passing. But when the numbers came in at the magnitude they did, I was, you know, thrilled for the efforts of all of the leadership. But I was also probably more excited for the growers in the next five years that we get to participate and have the USHBC be a leader in our industry to continue to grow the consumption globally and, of course, make blueberries the world's favorite fruit. Absolutely. Well, and I really want to spend a little time now that we know we've got this runway for the next five years on the trajectory of opportunity for blueberries. But first, I hope this, you know, for our audience, gives some clarity into the process and the results of this referendum. I feel, Shelley, like we're a couple of ESPN analysts just kind of talking about the statistics of the game or the results. But but I just thought it would be helpful. And I appreciate you walking through your reaction to these results here on the podcast today. In a few minutes, we're going to talk about what all of this means for blueberries over the next five years. But before we get into that, let's take a quick break for our crop report. As most of you know, if you listen to the show, 
harvest in South America is well underway, and we're fortunate to continue to receive weekly updates from our colleagues down there. So here, once again, is your Blueberry Crop Report. It's time for your Blueberry Crop Report, an update on crop conditions and markets from important blueberry growing areas. Today, you'll hear from Luis Vegas in Peru. This was recorded on November 17th, 2021. Good morning, everybody. This is Luis with the crop report from Peru up until the end of week 45, which is the week ending on November 14th. Peru has shipped a total of 372 million pounds of fresh blueberries worldwide, which represents a growth of 39% in volume versus the previous season. From this overall volume, 55% has been shipped to the U.S. During week 45, a total of 12.5 million pounds were shipped. 50% of this volume was shipped to the U.S. with around 6.3 million pounds, which are expected to arrive to the U.S. market during the first week of December. Regarding our forecast until the end of the season, well, we're expecting to grow by 39% in our volume by the end of the season compared to the last season. And regarding the different markets, we are expecting to grow in our volume sent to the U.S. by 47%. And finally, from the overall volume ship throughout the season, uh, we're expecting that 8% is going to be organic. So that's the report from Peru. Thank you. Well, thanks so much to our colleagues who take the time to participate in these reports. As a reminder, you can go to the new USHBC website where you'll find our Data and Insight Center to see more data of what's happening in the blueberry industry. We've made a snapshot view of the USDA data on production and price, an online resource for everyone to access easily and quickly. So make sure you go to ushbc.org forward slash data to check that out. All right. Well, let's go back to our featured conversation today with Chair Shelley Hartman. Shelley, with a referendum behind us, and like I talked about before the break, a little bit of that trajectory or runway ahead for blueberries, what do you see as you think about these next five years for blueberries? Well, as I mentioned, with the strong foundation of the strategic plan that we put together, I think our purpose kind of spells it out. We believe that the industry working together will make blueberries the world's favorite everyday berry and the number one berry in the sales volume and premium value. And then what I really like is we exist to lead demand driving programs based on shared resources, research, insights that inspire possibilities and sustain the profitability growth of the blueberry industry. To me, that just is like a home run where not only are we inspiring possibilities, we're improving channels of development by all of the different marketing programs that we're implementing and getting involved with, not to mention bringing on Leslie Wadawa as our Senior Director of Health and Nutrition. How exciting is that? Of course, then we're going to also focus on growing USA exports and leading the global market development. We're going to do all that together, though, unified as an industry to obtain these goals. And I think we really need to encourage, you know, grower participation. This is a growers program. They need to be involved and they need to be up to speed on the strategic plan and the direction that this organization is going. So, I only see it getting better for growers, and I'm so excited to be able to say that. You know, I think for those listening, you can kind of hear the encouragement from Shelly that I know is really a genuine 
expectation of our organization for the strategic plan that our industry might have on how to connect with our organization in the next five years. So yes, we have a five-year strategic plan, but I guess the question becomes, you know, what is the strategy for our industry's participation with us over the next five years to be thinking about that intersection between what we're doing, you know, what our growers are doing, what our marketers are doing, retailers, all the channel work that you just discussed with this kind of referendum behind us, it sets that five-year vision forward that people can make decisions around and how to plug into it. It's just, again, really nice to have the referendum behind us in a way that allows for this kind of planning to take place. Uh, you can count on the USHBC to be there for the next five years. And I think the invitation that I hear you saying here is that you're inviting people to be involved. Absolutely. You know, what we talked about some of the difficulties or the complications early on, we really want to know some of these areas that we can also improve in. And we want to listen to those ideas and to different types of, you know, opinions so that we can understand and continue to be unified because we're one big happy family, but as happy families go, sometimes there are complications in there. And I think it's our job under this leadership team and direction that the focus is on unity, the focus is on the growers, and the focus is on a very strong leadership. What I like about the conversations that we've had is that the leadership continues to listen to the membership. And albeit USHBC is not a membership organization, it is a mandatory RMP program. But, you know, like you're saying, like the leadership is listening to our stakeholders. They are wanting to take into account what the concerns and suggestions and opportunities. And that's not going to change now. I think in the case of conversations we're going to have in the year ahead is we've got this strategic plan. How do you want to plug into it? You know, How do you want to see these ideas then develop? How can you influence the development of these strategic pillars? And I know you're committed to that as a leader. And you know, with your role as chair, what initiatives would you most like to see grow over the next couple of years? Well, I really have looked at the program and the position, and I think that what would be called for um, at this time and something that we'll be working on over the next year is really taking a look at the leadership and then, you know, the leadership that we have coming up, that we keep the momentum going and that we have the right people on the right committees and the committees are the right size to be able to move forward with decisions. And that, you know, when people are getting retirement age or they're moving on in their life, that we have a strong industry leader in that second position that'll jump right in and not miss a beat so that we can continue on our course with the strategic plan. So that's something that I hope that you and I will be able to spend some time on and bring in maybe some professional opinions on that so that we can get it structured accurately for the size of the industry that we have. Yeah. And I think I liken it to any company who has succession planning. So obviously we have a tremendous core of committed leaders who have been a part of our organization for many years. Um, But what you're describing is what many companies go through after 20 years. There's a, a need to be ensuring that we have a pipeline of new talent 
that can help fill in gaps as people retire and as people uh, leave the industry. And one of the things that did get announced and kicked off in our fall meetings for those who were participating in the meetings or had heard is that we are developing a leadership program at USHBC that would help kind of develop those leadership folks that may not become part of the USHBC leadership, but the idea there would be a program that you could plug into within the blueberry industry that's blueberry specific that USHBC could offer the industry. And and in there, a great way to be introduced to our program and ways in which they may or may not want to continue to pursue a leadership position in our organization. So I think the strategic plan certainly helped to cast a vision for that. And I think to your point that a lot of good effort and time was focused on that as a uniter for our industry. And I just want to believe, Shelley, that the results that we saw in this last referendum were a strong mandate for that strategic plan and vision. Couldn't agree more, Casey. Well, let's take a quick break here for our marketing boost. We'll be right back to this conversation in a moment. But for now, here's USHBC NABC Vice President of Marketing Communications, Jennifer Sparks. Thanks, Casey. When we think of November and December, we think of the season of gratitude. It's important to step back and reflect on the past year with family and friends, fellow employees, and customers. We can be grateful for the blessings of the parts all of them play in our lives. But what does that have to do with marketing? Frankly, a lot. Expressing gratitude to your customers makes them feel valued. Their loyalty increases, and loyalty translates to more business. It's just smart marketing. Taking the time to sincerely thank your employees is good business too. It makes them feel valued and appreciated, which helps employee morale. And it's a known fact that high morale equals increased productivity, and high productivity leads to business success. So as you're winding down the year, remember to show gratitude in every way you can, in person, on phone calls and video conversations, on LinkedIn, in your email newsletters, on social media, even on invoices. Thank you goes a long way. This season is a great place to start with mindful gratitude. And once you start, think of small ways to show thanks throughout the year, perhaps when it's least expected. I'll also take my own advice. Here at USHBC, we want you to know we appreciate you, Blueberry Industry, because without you, we wouldn't be here working to promote the best berry on the planet. And for that, thank you. This has been your Marketing Boost. Thank you for your partnership. As together, we inspire the world to grab a boost of blue. Casey, back to you. Thanks, Jenny. Now back to today's episode with our chair, Shelley Hartman. Shelley, I think the overwhelming majority that we saw in this referendum and five years from now will be hard to top. But obviously, the goal is a unanimous approval of USHBC. We're going to continue to want to see these numbers improve five years from now. So I hear you on the unity part. In fact, I'm reading a book right now called You're Invited that really talks about the way in which you develop community and the way you develop basically membership or the sense of inclusion and support. And so I'm finding some great inspiration from this book. It just so happens to be well-timed with uh, this five-year window ahead for us. But what is it from your perspective that you see we could be doing in the next five years to bring more unity to this industry? Well, you know, unity doesn't come naturally to most people. And in order to have good quality unity, you have to have good communication skills. Uh, You have to be good listeners. You have to be able to address the difficulties or complications head on. 
You can't be afraid to speak the truth. And then you have to be able to carry out that unity message. And sometimes the right thing isn't the most popular thing, but it is important to remember that through unity, that's where we achieve the greatest successes. When we start, you know, tearing each other down is going to be the downfall. So we have to stay positive. We have to stay unified. We have to be willing to listen to one another and respect other people's opinion that may be different of ours. We have to be open to listening to those ideas and opinions. And then together, unified, come up with a plan. And again, I'm going back to the strategic plan because, you know, all of the people that were involved in putting the strategic plan together, I think we have a good balance of all of those things that created the foundation for that. So I think we're in the moving in the right direction to continue the unity, to continue encouragement, and just keep the doors of communication open with growers and leaders in our industry. Well, I'm excited about that future head. That is going to be something that's different about maintaining the momentum and being able to continue to build on what we've put into the efforts of bringing the industry together over the next five years. So I think we could jump into some key takeaways from your perspective on, you know, the referendum results, Shelly, and just anything that you'd like to share before we wrap up here. I think one of the key takeaways is that dedication to our industry uh, with hard work and good planning, good strategic foundation is crucial to the success of our industry and moving forward. Another key takeaway, I think, showed us that our industry is growing. We're getting more tech savvy and we're experiencing new opportunities to communicate with uh, growers all over the globe and locally in our own communities. So I'm excited about that. And I think that key takeaway is that this USHBC organization is going in a direction that is going to be second to none. And we're going to make blueberries the number one favorite fruit of the world. Amen. Well, and that is something that I, you know, certainly feel was a mandate in this referendum that, that people do see the opportunities ahead. They're inspired by the way in which the USHBC, you know, really is positioned to be the organization that can continue to grow consumption globally. And if we've learned anything over the last 20 years about how you do that here in the United States, that can be taught in these other places around the world about your round supply, the forms of supply, the way in which you can take advantage of the different formats of what we can offer in blueberry manufacturing or food ingredient industrial use. So I am super excited about you know the leadership team we have, the support that we've been given by this industry going over the next five years. I had the opportunity to be with my team last week here in the office, just so happened to coincide with the results of the referendum for our team meeting, our quarterly team meeting, and, and just the enthusiasm that I can reflect in their feelings about the go forward from here. So Shelly, your leadership and the board, we are so excited as a team to be working for all of you, but certainly the industry at large and this vote of confidence that you can sense from this referendum. So I want to thank you. I want to certainly make sure that we thank our industry stakeholders, all the growers and our importers of records who voted in this last referendum. It's been super encouraging to see these results come in. Yes. Thanks to everyone. As we move forward into the holidays for everyone and 
you know, we have time to spend with our family and friends, our loved ones, you know, just remember that yesterday is history. Tomorrow is a mystery. Today is the present. That's why we call it a gift. So enjoy your time and always know that this blueberry industry is building the foundation for your future. As we go into this Thanksgiving season, Shelly, I'm super thankful for you and your leadership. And I really appreciate you being on the show with me here today to unpack these referendum results. Uh, It's been a pleasure to be with you. So thank you. Well, that's it for episode 74. I'm excited for the next five years for Blueberries. And I hope that every one of you listening to this podcast will engage with us here at USHBC by invitation by our chair and be a part of the solutions that move this industry forward. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week with more innovation, collaboration, family, and hard work right here on the Business of Blueberries. Blueberries.